Welcome back to CrimeFiction.fm, where we bring the authors of today's best mysteries, thrillers, and suspense novels directly to you. I'm your host, Stephen Campbell, and I'm here with Sherry Harris, the Agatha Award-nominated author of the Sarah Winston Garage Sale Mysteries, the latest of which, The Longest Yard Sale, was released last week. Sherry, welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Stephen. It is a pleasure to finally speak with you. We've chatted back and forth on social media a few times, and I know you're part of the wicked cozy authors that uh, we've spoken to here before, so it's a pleasure to, to finally have the opportunity to speak with you about this great series. Oh, thank you so much. Tell us about, let's get started by talking about your heroine, Sarah Winston. She's an interesting woman. She has some similarities, uh, historical similarities to you. And this garage sale theme just hits a sweet spot for me because when I was a young boy, my mother drug me to every garage sale in town. And we had more than our share of them as well. (laughs) (laughs) It it was really fun. to get to write this series because I did get to use parts of my life that I loved, like the going to yard sales. And um, Sarah's also a former Air Force wife, as am I. And um, I lived in Massachusetts for five years. My husband was stationed at Hanscom Air Force Base. And so I got to combine all those things to create Sarah but she's younger and um, probably a bit more adventurous than I am. Sherry, tell us how Sarah reached the point where, she, where you put her in the beginning of your first novel. Okay, that's a great question. Sarah had been married to her husband, CJ, for 19 years and um, found out that he had cheated on her and... Instead of moving home to California, she wanted to stay in the small town of Ellington, Massachusetts, and moved into a small apartment. She wasn't sure what she was going to do for a job because as an Air Force wife, she hadn't really been able to keep um, a career going because of all the moving. And so she decided to turn her love of yard sales Hmm. into a business. And I find that fascinating. Are there actually people that do that? There are organizing people that do that, but there are also, it would really probably be more people that were involved with estate sales that would do that. Mm -hmm. I haven't actually met anyone that only did yard sales, but ever since the book has come out, people have said, would you do that for me? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Fabulous. A third career. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. And the book we're talking about today is The Longest Yard Sale, which starts in Ellington. It's I think it's like late September-ish. There's a, I'm down in Florida, so any hint of cool weather is just a <laughs> blessing to me. And, and so I felt that cool breeze coming that first morning she was out there. And she's organizing... This enormous yard sale. So tell us about the enormous yard sale and the story behind the the story here for the longest yard sale. Okay. Sarah has been hired by the town of Ellington, Massachusetts, to run New England's largest yard sale. It's a big event. The town is crowded, full of tourists. Her Sarah's ex-husband, CJ, is mad because traffic is jammed. <laughs> There's problems going on. 
there's three or four fires that break out all at the same time, overwhelming the town's resources. At the end of the day, Sarah's friend Carol calls in a panic and says, you've got to come to my shop, paint and wine. Sarah runs over and Carol's upset because a painting she was copying of the town's famous painting, Battled, has disappeared from her shop. They search frantically but can't find it. The next morning, Carol calls again in a panic, but this time it's worse. (laughs) There's a dead body in the back of her shop, a man laying on the floor that she doesn't know with a frame around his neck. That was so well presented in the book that I could just picture that guy laying there with the frame perfectly centered on his head. And then the story just takes off because we've had the dead body. And I, I will say that I absolutely loved the scenes, the early scenes with the uh, the yard sale things. Because while all these things were going on, Sarah was going about her business, making sure that everything went well. And the yard sale itself was a huge success. But man, there were a lot of problems during the yard sale. There were indeed. You know, it was a big responsibility to run that sale, and she enjoyed it. But um, at the end of the day, she thinks, wow, this is the longest yard sale (laughs) I've ever done. (laughs) One of the things I love about Cozy Mysteries is the way there's always, the sheriff is somehow always tangentially involved with the heroine. And in this case, it's an ex-husband. That's a, that's sort of an interesting story in and of itself. And there's a, another potential love interest for Sarah in the, in the book. And a, a lot of fabulous potential suspects. It's a really, really fun story. I really enjoyed it. Let's talk a little bit about, let's go back to Tagged for Death, which was your first book. That was published Around the end of last year? Yes, December okay. 2nd. And that is that was nominated for an Agatha Award for Best First Mystery. So congratulations for that. Thank you so much. It was just a thrill and an honor to be nominated. And was that your was that actually your first book? It's my first published book. I have two and a half books in the drawer that have never seen the light of day. <laughs> Was that the first one that you thought that that you'd written that you thought you could have published? No, actually, I would still love to get this other series that I've worked on for many years Uh someday. So we'll see. (laughs) All right. Now, we were talking before we came on, before we started recording today. This is life of the author kind of stuff. Yesterday or a couple days ago, you were at an event where you were talking specifically about your first book, Tagged for Death, which was something that you probably wrote a year and a half ago. And then you were you submitted your third book yesterday to your publishers. So in, in terms of trying to keep everything straight, you were talking about the first book, you were writing the third book, and now I'm asking you questions about the second book. How do you keep all this stuff straight in your head? It's not easy. (laughs) It really isn't. Um, Like I told you a a few minutes ago, um, I really was going through um, the cast of characters of The Longest Yard Sale this morning. I was just quickly reading the synopsis again and and flipping through some chapters. Um, So it would be fresh in my mind because... 
after sending in um, the third book in the series, All Murders Final, my brain was really focused on that. <laughs> and I think most readers probably assume, I know I always did, I always assume that if you ask an author about a book they wrote 27 years ago, ask some obscure detail, they would know because they spent so much time on this book that it's embedded in their mind. But you're, you're constantly living in the current story, I expect. Yes, and there are probably authors out there that are sharper than I am that <laughs> do remember all those details, but I I have to go back and, you know, do a word search to see a detail like whose eyes are brown, who didn't like this food, who did like that food. Um, so I'm always referring back to the first two manuscripts to make sure the third one has the same details in it. <laughs> That has to be a challenge. Now, at the end of the book, you do something that's a little bit unique, and I assume that you did this in the first book as well, which is you give yard sale tips. Yes. So why and how do you come up with them? Cozy mysteries usually have some kind of theme in them, and so a culinary one usually would have recipes. And um, so instead of – since we don't have recipes. We decided to use yard sale tips. And Mm -hmm. uh, most of the sale tips are based on my personal experiences Mm -hmm. as a lifelong yard sale person. (laughs) And um, if I feel like I'm running out, it's really interesting to Google yard sale horror stories. (laughs) (laughs) And so, and I also have lots of friends that like yard sales, so I'll, I'll get tips from them, too. It, it did kind of seem a little bit like the recipe thing, and it's, it's, it's something that I guess is, is probably somewhat unique to you, which is kind of cool. It is. Um, there's some, there's not another series based directly on yard sales. There's some that would be similar with uh, estate sales or antique stores or thrift shops, but um, this one is, I think, the only yard sale themed mystery. Now, I, I always I'm interested in how these series get started. Uh, sometimes I'll hear stories from authors. Sometimes your uh, your blog mates who will tell stories about how a particular series got got started. Is this something that you wrote and then submitted, or did you pitch the idea of the yard sale mysteries? Mine is kind of an interesting story. Um, Actually, the editor, Gary Goldstein Mm -hmm. at Kensington, came up with the idea. He um, went to my now agent, John Talbot, and asked him if he knew anybody that could write the series. And John went to Barbara Ross, one of my Wicked Cozy author mates, Mm -hmm. and said, do you know anyone that could write this series? (laughs) And Barb knew I loved yard sales, and she contacted me. And John and I talked, and he said he needed a proposal as soon as possible. And it just poured out of me. Um, It was a mystical kind of experience that's never repeated itself, but... In four days, I turned in the proposal, which consists of the first three chapters, um, a seven-page synopsis of the first book, two short synopsises of the second two in the series, a brief marketing plan, comparables, 
and character sketches. Wow. I know. I wish it would happen again. But <laughs> That's a great story. It, it was amazing. This seems to be something that's kind of unique to the cozy genre, this, the idea of building a series around something very specific. But it surely is fun as a reader to read these books. Oh, good. I, I think it's fun, too. There's so many unique and interesting takes um, from scrapbooking to knitting to quilting. It really seems like there's a book for every interest out there. All right, let me ask you a quick and final question about uh, your life as an Air Force wife. Okay. How, how many years were you living on bases and, and sort of living this life? Um, it was just under 20 for me, and my husband served almost 22 years. Okay, and he's retired from the Air Force now? He is retired from the Air Force now. He retired in 2008. Without identifying the location, is is there a place that was like the worst place to live, like the worst base environment? There is a place that I didn't particularly care for, but we had wonderful neighbors, and um, you just, as an Air Force spouse, you just have to make the best of where you land. Mm-hmm. We were very fortunate to be able to do that no matter where we were sent. We had, uh, or we have, no, we had two sons that were in the Marines. They're no longer in the Marines. And although they say once a Marine, always a Marine, but. Absolutely. <laughs> the base where they were stationed is, the, the base was fabulous, and we loved visiting the base. The town outside the base was uh, interesting. And I, I wonder if that's true with all military bases, if, if they're in like smaller town environments where the, the military base is such a driver for the local economy that pretty much the only businesses that are there are things that would be of interest to military personnel. You know, um, we were never stationed at a small town in the middle of nowhere. Okay. We were stationed in lots of big cities and a couple tourist destinations. <laughs> and so um, we were never just at the be-all and end-all of a, of a area. Well, the tourist destinations sound like they, they might have been the, the fun places. They were fun. They were fun. But actually, being a small-town girl from Iowa, I enjoyed the big cities, too. Oh, okay. All right. Well, Sherry, what's the best way for people to keep up with you and your work in this fabulous mystery series? Oh, thank you so much for saying that. Well, of course, I'm on Facebook, Twitter. I have a website, SherryHarrisAuthor.com. And, of course, I blog with the Wicked Cozy Authors at wickedcozyauthors.com. Which is a wonderful blog, and if you're not already reading it, you should should go check it out and uh, maybe subscribe to it, because it's a group of fabulous, cozy authors. They all write these interesting series, and uh, you're all based in New England, right? Right, although I actually now live in Northern Virginia. I loved my five years up in Massachusetts, and that's how I met the other Wicked Cozy authors and just fell in love with it. All right. Well, Sherry, thanks so much. This has been fun. Thank you so much. It's been great. 
This is Stephen Campbell for CrimeFiction.fm. You can find us on iTunes and on the web at www.CrimeFiction.fm. If you are an iTunes listener, please subscribe and drop us a rating or a comment. Those will help other crime fiction readers find great new books like The Longest Yard Sale from Sherry Harris. Thanks for listening.